2: KJ Podcast, my people Been a little bit, we took last week off We're back, live in the studio San Francisco, California Chinatown, Jackson and Powell Street Right next to the Broadway Tunnel Happy Chinese New Year Happy Year of the Dog Chinese people have been drinking whiskey on the streets Outside the studio The last five days Lighting fireworks off at 3am Didn't love that part, not a big fan of that But, incredible cultural experience to be a part of San Francisco's been an amazing stop on my sports media journey This podcast is a 49ers podcast It's about Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch Decisions about the football team News notes and analysis We'll have the off-season takes today The segment's been renamed Off-season Takes Five things going on around the team and my opinions about them. Today's KJ podcast is sponsored by FameProject.org. Absolutely going to change the way sports and entertainment fans consume content. FameProject.org, real quickly, what it is, it's buying, selling, and trading stock in a storyline. You can buy stock that Kirk Cousins is going to the New York Jets and win money. Go to the website today, fameproject.org. Free $10 to start, make a couple of stock investments. You can bet no against something. You can short. Is Tiger Woods not going to play in the Masters? There's all different types of categories and ways this website is going. Proud that we are sponsoring them here at KJ Podcast, fameproject.org. Check them out. Offseason take number one. The 49ers will not use big money on a free agent wide receiver in 2018. Chips are starting to stack up. Dominoes are starting to fall. Jarvis Landry, franchise tag in Miami. One year, $16 million deal. Allen Robinson, probably going to get the same in Jacksonville. Or if he hits the open market, the money's going to get absurd for him. Someone's going to make a foolish move, even though he is a damn good player. Reality is the 49ers are not in a rush or a hurry to solve wide receiver. What we saw in December was a top 5 passing offense with Marquise Goodwin, Trent Taylor, Aldrick Robinson, Kyle Juszczyk had some great catches, George Kittle. Pierre Garçon is essentially your free agent signing this offseason too. He was signed and played well with Hoyer. And CJ Beathard before going down week 8 with a neck injury Pierre Garçon has never played with Jimmy Garoppolo I want to see that before I add two pieces to the puzzle here It's just not necessary Pierre signed a 5 year, $47.5 million deal Last offseason Clearly was living up to that contract Even with skeptical quarterback play from Hoyer and Beathard So, it's just, you're not in a rush What is the hurry to in the first year of Jimmy Garoppolo's new deal spend and splurge on Allen Robinson or Sammy Watkins I don't I mean the list just isn't that impressive for free agent wide receivers we've been through this before Paul Richardson Terrell Pryor Jordan Matthews Mike Wallace John Brown Arizona probably going to try and get him back like I'd be cool with a small deal for Dante Moncrief or Taylor Gabriel But then you're pulling Trent Taylor off the field. Or you're pulling Marquise Goodwin off the field. And I get it. You want depth and weapons. And can come up with all different kind of route combinations. And let's use Jimmy Garoppolo. And let's try and get certain types of guys here. It's just not like huge on the priority list. I like where this passing offense is headed. With Pierre Garçon back in the fold. And then you got to think. Second, third, or fourth round. They are going to pick another receiver. They are going to try and take a guy. Because... Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Juju Smith-Schuster. People are finding jam-wide receivers in the middle rounds here. Kyle Shanahan has an eye for talent. They should be swinging and trying to hit a home run for someone who they think has number one receiver potential in the second, third, or fourth round. I don't know if that's Auden Tate or Deion Kane or Dante Pettis from Washington. There are names that I'm still studying. We'll have the combine coming up. That'll be a great week to kind of catch up on some weapons. But it's just not a pressing need. And I get it. Fans love Allen Robinson. And it's exciting to get a new receiver. And wait, what, am, what are you talking about? They have $60 million in cap room. There's no reason not to surround Jimmy G. There is a counter argument to my point. I just don't think at this time, year one of Jimmy Garoppolo's new contract, you need to force it. it. It would seem forced. There's so many other needs. Pass rusher, corner, O-line. Wide receivers are fine. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has a great rapport with these guys. It's only going to build more throughout the OTAs. I'm sure there'll be a summer camp somewhere where he's getting everyone together. This is why the 49ers, I think, are smart, ultimately. They're looking ahead 2019 with Mike Evans, Odell Beckham. Golden Tate has been a monster in Detroit. He'll hit the market. Stephon Diggs. Minnesota's paying a lot of people on defense. They're going to have some tough decisions to make. Higher ceiling guys are hitting the market next offseason. The 49ers still want to carry that cap room over into next offseason. And if they're coming off a 10-6 and year where they've won a playoff game and it looks like this receiver could become a big deal for the 49ers where T.O. has played, where Jerry Rice has played, a lot of things are happening favorably for the 49ers. Some aren't, which we'll get into later in this podcast, but I think their vision at wide receiver, I don't think you'll see them force anything, maybe one or two under the radar signings that'll compete For roster spots. They want competition. They're going to get it. They're going to get a middle tier receiver in here. That'll compete with Trent Taylor. Marquis Goodwin, and other guys for snaps. But not one of the big fish. Not this offseason. (laughs) Topic number two. Isaiah Crowell is my lead dog. To be the next 49ers. Running back. Cleveland Browns free agent. Hitting the market. Played 2014. With Kyle Shanahan, eight touchdowns as an undrafted rookie in that system. Splitting carries with Terrence West and Ben Tate that year. Rushed for 607 yards with Kyle Shanahan. Explosive back who hits the edge. Completely different running style than Carlos Hyde. Maybe a little less patient and and more decisive. More hitting the hole quick. Play action fakes Bootlegs with him I think are going to be very effective He's a red zone weapon Pull up the film from 2014 with Kyle Kyle was calling his number First and goal from the 8 yard line Crowell was banging it home He's a finisher I think fits the system a lot better And as we get closer here to March You got to find a replacement here Matt Breida Not enough Deion Lewis too similar to Matt Breida, in my opinion. Kind of like not the guy you want to give 22 carries every week. Just more of your playmaker, your swing pass guy. A very nice piece to have. But ultimately, your backup and third down back and and a package running back. Not the bell cow that Kyle Shanahan has had with Alfred Morris. I get it. He did some splitting things in Atlanta. Um He's done amazing things with Steve Slayton, Roy Hallou Jr. He's found these running backs just like his dad. I think a reunion with Crowell it won't be expensive. It could be like a two-year, $12 million deal. Something similar that Latavius Murray possibly got with the Vikings. Just a short little quick three-year deal. I think that's worth it. And I do think you draft another running back, fifth, sixth, seventh round. And you have Joe Williams, too. Listen, Kyle's made mistakes at running back before. Terrence West in Cleveland just wrong character wrong guy didn't work out has some talent still bouncing around the league he'll be a free agent that they won't go there with terrence west but my point is joe williams they put him on ir i don't think his ankle injury was that severe i've said this all along in that podcast it was a stash move they think he has some potential but possibly not that that may have been a miss Not every offensive player Kyle drafts, it's automatically going to pan out. He's missed before. It definitely happens, and he'll be the first to admit. So looking at the running back plan, Crowell is my first choice. Alfred Morris is second. He's been a backup now. Did have some good games with Dallas in that O-line. He hits it hard. The read option with him was obviously unbelievable with RG3. Kyle Shanahan really made his career. That was a... Guy from, is it Florida Atlantic or Florida International? He's driving the most beat up car. Kyle's really helped his career and it will be a, very cheap with him. I would say one year, maybe $2 million deal for Alfred Morris if they were trying to cut cost or Kyle really preferred to work with Alfred over Crow. There's not character concerns with Crowell, but he did butt heads with Hugh Jackson publicly. Hugh was kind of very difficult on him. Crow's averaged 4.2 yards per carry in his career. He's never eclipsed a thousand yards. So you're going to have stat guys who look at this and not the film and say, "Oh, this is how is this an upgrade over Carlos Hyde?" It's a film thing. It's a scheme thing with Crowell. He's still young. I think he's turning 25, 26. Um, Isaiah Crowell, my choice to be the next running back to San Francisco 49ers. He's not much of your receiver, so you will still definitely have a role for Matt Breida who came on tremendously at the end of that year. Awesome touchdown to seal that game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Coaches love him. I mean, there's... I I don't think that he's ever your 25-carry guy. Like, you're just... Ride with Matt Breida the whole year. This is your plan at running back. But I think he can be one of the top side pieces in your backfield, and this is an undrafted free agent that they got from Georgia Southern. It's worth it every year to bring in one of these guys to see who jives and who Kyle can make a nice little chess piece to open up the running game. Let's just talk about the running game, actually. I don't think it worked well with Carlos Hyde last year. Too patient, not decisive enough. Offensive line, there were issues in the interior early in the year that made it hard to run. Teams weren't buying the play-action fake a lot with him. He had a couple highlights. I mean, the, the big play that stands out is the drop he had, too. It would have been a 50-yard touchdown bomb from Jimmy Garoppolo against the Texans. I think Carlos Hyde will go somewhere and start, just not for the 49ers. That will be surprising if he's re-signed. There's, the, the running game can be better. I don't think it was... I don't think Kyle was happy with it at all. I've seen Kyle manipulate the running game where he has plays that look identical in the passing game and defenses are completely confused. You saw it some towards the end of the year. But again, the running game was not Jimmy Garoppolo's friend. There was not 100-yard rushing performances every week. They were struggling to run the football a lot and had to rely on a lot of dinking and dunking and the correct decision-making from JG 10 behind center, which he made, but not ideal and it was not all the O-line. I Carlos Hyde's not a fit. Crowell is, it makes sense with the money. And just Breda's not that guy yet, or I don't think ever. So Crowell number 34, I love it. I think I think it's a good fit with Jimmy Garoppolo. Crow's a funny dude. A little out of it. Not so serious. Jokey guy. I think it'll be a great addition to that locker room. I think Crowell is A guy they try and sign day one or day two of free agency say, come on out to California. You had an incredible eight-touchdown performance with Kyle year one. Show film of that. Crowell, what running back doesn't love scoring touchdowns? Kyle focuses on the run here, too. This isn't like you're going somewhere where it's shotgun, five-wide receiver, spread offense. Kyle is down to give Crowell 18 to 20 carries a game, something he wasn't getting in Cleveland. I don't think the pitch to get him will be hard. Kyle keeps close relationships with guys he's coached because they've had success under him. These guys feel invested, and I think Crow will sign a fair deal early in free agency. Take number three with the 49ers is the Reuben Foster domestic violence arrest. The team's silence afterwards... The fallout, the blowback The plan moving forward Gotta be 100% transparent here with you guys I would have done this podcast last week um, Interviewing for, talking to jobs Where I would not be a sports media member I'd be in a different position Where broadcasting my opinions on controversial subjects Would not exactly be ideal So... I waited a little bit, waited a little bit. I've got to just talk to you, my thoughts on this. Domestic violence is despicable. And if you're able to keep your job because of it, you're one of the most talented people. You have something no one else has. There's one other player who would not be cut from this, and that's Jamie Garoppolo. I think if DeForest Buckner did this, I think if really anyone else on the roster, even Pierre Garçon, they're getting caught immediately on top of the weed charge... John Lynch stuck his neck out on the line for this guy. They can't move on from him because he's a special talent. They're essentially saying Ruben Foster plays by special rules. In the debate I was having with some other people, is his violent playing style, is this part of the outburst? Is his brain already been affected by football? This is a pattern of negative behavior from Ruben Foster. These are not isolated events. These are all strung together now reportedly dragged his girlfriend. The, the facts, we don't know the full case yet, but we do know the 49ers are sticking with him. Unless video surfaces like the Ray Rice thing, the 49ers will be keeping Reuben Foster. They're going to always have to answer domestic violence questions now. If one of their other players gets accused of this and they don't move on from him, they look like they're housing domestic abusers. If they do move on from him, it's, oh, Ruben Foster is your golden child. He can do no wrong. Way to create a fair culture in the locker room. It, this really screwed some things up for the 49ers. It's not the end of the world. Ruben Foster ideally misses half the season, plays amazing in the other eight games, and you try and move on. I don't think it's unfair for the 49ers to put special rules on him Outside, too, if he wants to stay within this organization, then having security check-ins, having dinner with teammates, rotating all the time, they're going to really need a brotherhood of people to take care of him and make sure he's in the right mental state. As I said before, too, weed is a calming drug for a lot of people. Ruben Foster cannot smoke weed in times where he's feeling not good about himself right now or... You know, he's in pain. Weed can help in those situations. And unfortunately for that other arrest, he's going to have random drug tests on top of this violence suspension. 31 other teams in the league right now are kind of saying, I told you so, we all had some red flags about him, whether it was medical, whether it was these outbursts, or whether he could have a long career in the NFL. That structure in Alabama, I mean, certain people leave it, Nick Saban has your day mapped out to a T You become a professional You get a couple months off You start making decisions You say life's a game Life's fun Everything's going my way You think you're better than people I don't want to psychoanalyze Ruben Foster Obviously been through a lot I mean he was shot as a baby In his mother's stomach He's not had the traditional upbringing A lot of us have had So some underlying issues Obviously there for Ruben Foster 49ers playing going forward I think they automatically are signing a free agent that they think is going to start at inside linebacker. Traditionally, a very fair price range to get some of these guys. I mean, Mason Foster is a pretty decent linebacker for the Redskins. Two-year, $4 million deal. Inside linebackers can come cheap. I don't know if it'll be a Preston Brown, a Zach Brown. Demario Davis with the Jets, he's been with the Browns, has been a great player. Jarrell Freeman... Paul Puzlesny, Jacksonville's looking to figure out situations. They might not be able to retain him. He's 33. If you do go that route, you got Carlos Dansby, who could be a great mentor for Reuben Foster. He was a great mentor for Chris Kirksey up in Cleveland. He's still a very serviceable player. Brian Cushing I'm out on, though. You've had Gerald Hodges here. You're not bringing back Navarro Bowman after that big public divorce. That's over. I think he'll have some suitors too. Bo is only 29 years old. Todd Davis is the bigger name who could command more money because he's 25. He's been with Denver. Adam Peters has really obviously had relationships with guys from up there. They traded for Cabri Bibbs last year. Remember that? So that that Denver guy. But yeah, I look at this list. I say, you gotta sign one of those, and you're starting him next to Malcolm Smith for people to really. Want Brock Coyle to start next year coming off a surgery where he's... Reuben Foster was cleaning up a lot for Brock Coyle. He made a couple plays down the stretch as any linebacker will on the field. I mean, you're in the middle of the field. You Plays come right at you. So, I'm cool with Brock Coyle as your backup. But I don't think you can go into the season saying it's going to be Brock Coyle and Malcolm Smith. You're going to have to definitely sign... I'm thinking a, a veteran. You, you're not going to have youth there. Your youth is Reuben Foster, guys. I, I am. I'll get into it next. But I'm not huge on drafting another inside linebacker this high in the draft. It's a position that you can find good players at. You don't have to invest draft capital and then extend these guys to humongous contracts. You know, Seattle's a rare breed, but you can get away with stuff. End of the day here. Ruben Foster, I could have done a whole podcast on him, his behavior. The D- domestic violence is disgusting. It's the Ray Rice thing stood out because it's on video. Imagine if we had it on video, the Joe Mixon thing on video. Ruben Foster is very lucky no video is going to surface of this cuz he'd be done. Or he another team would pick up Ruben Foster right away because they're not assuming risk for him. they he's a waiver wire. On the 49ers, he's a first round pick. He's John Lynch's draft crush. John Lynch said he was the best player in the draft. He came in and if he played 16 games, probably would have won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Would have been right up there. On the field, great. Off the field, he's he's getting an F right now. And if it continues like that, he'll be off the football team. I mean, one more little mistake that he makes, it could be over. (laughs) Or maybe it won't be. 49ers remaining silent, very unlike John Lynch. They're obviously waiting for things to happen with the investigation, but I was kind of waiting last week. Oh, I'll wait to see what the team says. They didn't say anything. That's what they said. By not saying anything, they're pretty much keeping Ruben Foster. They're pretty much admitting he has special rules. rest of the team, I think, will understand, but if there are other legal matters and those players get fined or put in the doghouse... There could be friction. So not an ideal scenario that Reuben Foster put on the plate of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. They've made them proponents of domestic violence by not cutting this guy. I will say this. They cut Reuben Foster. I mean, his life could spin out of control. What he does need is structure, people that believe in him. But um, he's getting a ton of chances here. Some that you and I obviously won't get, but some that you know top 10 players on most nfl rosters wouldn't get they're calling ruben foster essentially a piece we cannot live without because they're going to be answering questions for a long time about his behavior and those questions are worth answering because of the talent he brings is what the 49ers are saying to be determined he's going to have to stay healthy too but he's missing at least half the season next year because it's multiple arrest And because of his background, I'm not going to be surprised if it's 10 or 12 games, if they're sending a Josh Gordon type of message to Ruben Foster, get your act together or you are done from the league. Suspensions are always up for determination. I don't even think that he should appeal the suspension either, except whatever the NFL gets you. You're lucky to still be having the opportunities you are, Ruben Foster. Not going to lecture him, but obviously... Really bad news. Doesn't crush this rebuild, but it, it it's going to make this defense, I think, less dominant next year. The steps forward that you were hoping everyone was going to take is going to get more complicated if this team can't stop the run. Take number four, KJ Podcast. I'm skeptical of picking another inside linebacker in the first round. I don't think that's the best way... To allocate resources as a football team, last year it's Reuben Foster, Solomon Thomas. Year before that, DeForest Buckner. Year before that, Eric Armstead. I get it. Totally different regimes. Your first round draft capital is all on the front seven of your defense here. I love the film of Ed- Edmonds. Absolutely, run stopper. I talked to a couple coaches on that Hokie staff. Had family go there. Everyone says one of the best players in school history Up there with Bruce Smith, Cam Chancellor Literally in on every play 6'5", 250 Inside linebacker I mean, he's a run stuffer Sideline to sideline I, What I don't like about him is What all people say He's versatile He can rush a passer Versatility to me Is a scary word and You saw it last season with Solomon Thomas very versatile, Solomon Thomas, he can play on the edge, he can play inside. All of a sudden, Solomon Thomas doesn't have a home. Solomon Thomas doesn't feel comfortable at any position in the NFL. Wh- who is he? What He's not a Leo, he's undersized for the inside, even though he seems to be better at that. Um, versatility in the NFL, it can be a great word if you can handle it. The thing is, people are going to draft Tremaine Edmonds, expect him to be a semi-Leo, to rush a passer and then also pair with Ruben Foster, hopefully when he makes his return. Or as a pick to just simply say, listen, we can't count on Ruben Foster anymore. We're taking another inside linebacker here. When other teams are finding starters like Zach Cunningham of the Texans, way later in the draft, you don't need a first-round pick normally on a quality inside linebacker. So I am little torn on that Roquan Smith his film is incredible with Georgia just your new age linebacker more of a 230 pounder just shooting the gap and flying around everywhere I, I don't know I look at this football team you need a pass rusher or corner if you have similar grades on a pass rusher or corner and think they're, they will be at the impact player and starter for many years to come you have to go with one of those two positions Honestly, say they draft Edmonds. He comes in and does a damn good job against the run. Does everything they want to. Even adds five and a half sacks as a part-time Leo. Is that really solving the pass rushing problem? Is that really solving the back-end problems that saw the 49ers get picked apart in their secondary? We'll have to see what plays out in free agency. But I think putting their eggs in the inside linebacker basket after DeForest Buckner is one of your best players inside, Solomon Thomas is one of your best players inside, when are you going to allocate the resources to an edge player or a corner? When are those going to be premier picks where you're saying, this guy is going to be a building block for us? At some point, you're going to have to identify those. You can't keep ignoring corner or pass rusher. And I, I know you guys love Quentin Nelson. I don't think... That Kyle would ever use a pick up there because he understands how important defense is. he goes up against defense, a guard that is very good but that's not a scheme fit for him i I would be stunned if that's the pick at nine, but hey, I don't know everything Kyle thinks on film; he has his certain philosophies, but like I say, corner, Denzel Ward, I would like that over Edmonds Josh Jackson. You have some corner stocks going all over the place now because I've seen Isaiah Oliver creeping into the mid-first round. Not so much with Jair Alexander. The guy who's been all over the place is Mike Hughes from Central Florida. I've seen him creeping up in certain drafts. I've seen him as a third-round pick in some. Combine will be huge. Mike Hughes, Central Florida, 5'11", 185 prospect. Obviously, they were undefeated this year. Their defense was a special unit. So... We're going to have a ton of draft talk, but just talking through this and I've seen Tremaine Edmonds and Roquan Smith in a ton of mock drafts, 49ers have the middle of the field covered. They don't have the edge. They don't have corners that they absolutely love. Jimmy Ward is the key to all this because if they don't draft corner or sign a corner they're in love with, clearly Jimmy Ward is making the move down from free safety back to corner. Colbert will be the starter there. And it'll be a contract year for Jimmy Ward, an $8 million deal. Jimmy Ward, Aquila Witherspoon, I think you're going to have some issues on the back end next year. They've, they've really got to bolster that unit. And Tremaine Edmonds, I think he's going to have a damn good career, could make a couple Pro Bowls. But is it the best fit? Does it make the most sense? In my mind, another inside linebacker does not make sense for the San Francisco 49ers. Final takes here are going to be a couple quick fire things. Daniel Kilgore three year deal. Essentially a one year deal. Nick Wagner had the details on that. My buddy from ESPN.com Daniel Kilgore just wants to be here for the ride. This team's about to compete for a playoff spot next season. He could be the starting center. He could be the backup center. He's good insurance to have. He looked great with Jimmy Garoppolo in December. Now obviously that's Jimmy Garoppolo getting rid of the ball quicker than CJ Beathard. So don't really think it's a huge move either way. I don't think the 49ers will sign a high-priced free agent center. They could draft one, though. I think there'll be competition for Daniel Kilgore, but nice solid piece to just have as depth in the meantime. Vontae Davis takes a visit. Obviously, Vernon's brother has bounced around the league, had some injury issues with the Colts. Ah, oh, man, if... You're bringing him in as a camp body to compete. I like it. If you're penciling him in as the starter with Akilah Weatherspoon and Jimmy Ward, not sure. Not sure he's worth the risk. I think his heyday has gone and passed. He's he's a good corner and has had some productive seasons, but I'm I'm out on Vate Davis being a difference maker type of signing that you need a corner. Um, I mean, they do have just so many random names. The Greg Mabins, they're going to let go. So it's like they, they kind of need some depth at a certain point. But Vontae Davis is a big name, had some great productive early years in the league. But coming off this injury with the Colts, he's visited with the Browns and the Bills. Um, You know, maybe because they have a ton of cap room, take a chance. But I, I would be stunned if Vontae Davis... Pans out and it is a savior a corner, just seems like kind of a some off-season fodder. Marcus Peters, though, on the other hand, it's a report floated by Jason Lockenfora and Fora. Combine's gonna have a lot of rumors, a lot of trades. Things are gonna get crazy in Indianapolis as they always do. A trade for Marcus Peters, what would it cost? Obviously, the 49ers are already down one second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it likely cost a second. Chiefs have been busy adding Kendall Fuller, adding David Amerson. They're plotting some type of move here just in case Marcus Peters. I wouldn't give up a second-round pick for him. Just out of principle here, don't you think you can draft stud players? And he's coming with some baggage. He is from the Bay Area. I get that appeal that fans want him. He's a freaking playmaker. Marcus Peters' stats. 19 interceptions in three seasons. 85.7 ranking on PFFs. They have him as the 17th best corner. He's better than that. I mean, it's not all advanced stats with him. He can get picked on from time to time. He is your number one corner. Marcus Peters, you have him and then... Either Akilo or Jimmy Ward. You are feeling good about that. Maybe they would think about a second round pick. I, I'm torn on this one. I love Marcus Peters. There's reasons, though, that Andy Reid makes trades. Obviously, the Alex Smith trade he just made, um, the Donovan McNabb trade. He doesn't typically get rid of a star unless there's some underlying issues. Marcus Peters' dynamic personality is going to step on toes, he's going to ask for special treatment. And a gigantic contract extension that he's going to be due coming up soon. So, essentially, it's another second-round pick for what you think is your shutdown corner. Maybe it's worth it. A lot of risks. Uh, It is hard to find this position. Proven guys, if you think you can coach him, if it's the right atmosphere. But again, (laughs) Reuben Foster has blown up in the 49ers' faces. They're not going to be in the business, I think, of taking huge chances this offseason. And I think the Ruben Foster thing plays into that. And at the end of the day, I think when they're doing pros and cons of Marcus Peters, if the Chiefs make the call, there's going to be some cons where they're unsure about his behavior and they, and I'm not talking domestic violence either. I'm just talking it could be anything with him. He's dynamic on and off the field. Um, The offseason fodder, a lot of stuff won't come true. The Chiefs would be dumb to get rid of him in my opinion. They have a of fat contracts, though, on that team. They're always struggling with cap room. They're, they're just going to have to jump through hoops to re-sign some of these guys. KJ Podcast. Again, we are brought to you by FameProject.org. The pop culture prediction market. It is a stock market for future storylines. It's not just games and stats. It's completely different than fan FanDuel. DraftKings, it's similar to an e-trader And you compile stocks Of these predictions Wildly interesting concept Love the guys there at FameProject.org Check them out $10 free to start KJ Podcast Good Niners talk today Felt like we covered a lot of subjects No need to splash for a wide receiver This offseason, save the money for next See how Pierre Garcon Fits in with Jimmy Garoppolo on team Isaiah Crowell. I think it's a slam dunk. He'll be a 1,200 yard back here. Explosive, quick guy, red zone finisher. More I look and survey the market, Kyle's familiar with him. It won't be a huge payday either. Crowell, number 34, I see it in the red and gold. Ruben Foster, he has different rules than everyone. 49ers have made their decision by pretty much staying silent. Less a video comes out, he's going to be with this team. I say suspended eight games. You're signing a free agent linebacker to start with Malcolm Smith. And you're coming up with some type of plan where you have security check-ins for your guy here to make sure his head is on straight and he can succeed in the league because talent gets you in the league, character keeps you there. Quote, Mike Pettin, Browns coach, he used that one quite a bit in Cleveland. I absolutely love it. It's true. Inside linebacker, I don't think the best teams in the league are drafting inside linebacker round one year after year. I don't think it's a position. There's flashy talent. They look great on film. At the end of the day, it's not solving the pass problem. You're not getting enough sacks or pressure on the quarterback. You're not stopping wide receivers with this pick. It's making you more sound in the middle. But is that helping next season, two seasons, three seasons from now? I don't know. And, and I think this player has to be impact at corner or pass rusher. KJ Podcast. Love my people for tuning in. Took a mini Twitter break last week. Just took a week off. Nice thing I guess I can do as an outside media member of this podcast. Still making waves with the faithful. Retweets, favorites are hugely appreciated on my own network here. Have a good rest of the week. We'll definitely be talking next week. Off season takes. Hope you enjoyed them. Always different analysis. KJ Podcast. We're out.
1: You've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family has.